Hello and welcome to the 49ers First in 10 podcast. 10 minutes of the most up-to-date 49ers news, first thing in the morning. I'm your host, Brianna McDonald, and I'm joined with 49ers team reporter Lindsay Polares and a special guest from the Dallas Cowboys, reporter Haley Sutton. Haley, thank you so much for sitting down with Lindsay and I this morning to preview Sunday's matchup. Yeah, I love it. I love a little girls powwow to talk some football. So thanks for having me. Of course. All right. So before we dive into the matchups, let's talk injuries. Lindsay, can you fill us in on what the practice reports have looked like throughout the week and what we should expect come game day? Yeah, it's pretty much the same as what we saw Wednesday when the team opened up practice. Uh, Only two players that were not practicing on Thursday are quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo with that foot injury and cornerback Ambry Thomas. Same players were limited as Wednesday. Defensive lineman Samson Ebukam, wide receiver Juwan Jennings, and defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw. Um, So again, uh, nothing that's too surprising for the 49ers. Okay, now taking a look at Dallas, Haley, how has the practice report looked like for the Cowboys? And is there anyone the team is monitoring heading into Sunday's game? Yeah, I don't think so. I think this is the first week really where you we've kind of had a, you know, a good idea of who's going to play going into this one. The biggest question mark is Jason Peters, um, or offensive tackle. He picked up a hip injury against the Bucks on Monday night football. So he has not practiced. Mike McCarthy has kind of been uh, very careful when it comes to rehabbing his players, especially those who have a little bit more mileage. So we're not sure about him, Uh, but no other surprises on the list as I'm looking at Tyron Smith had a knee injury last week that was just kind of nagging him, but he's been a full participant Uh, defensive tackle. Quentin Bohana had a knee injury as well. He was full. Um, J Ron curse is kind of a question mark as well. Uh, he also got a knee injury on Monday night, but he has assured us multiple times this week that he's planning on playing on Sunday. So that's kind of the vibe with the Cowboys. Sounds good. All right. So with the 49ers defeating the Seattle Seahawks last week and the Cowboys defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday, Both teams have advanced to the division round. Haley, what went well for the Cowboys to get to this round, and how should they carry that over against the 49ers? Oh, man, I think the better question it would take us less time to talk about is what went wrong. (laughs) Um, I think this was the first time where we really saw this team operate at the level that they can operate since they did so against the Vikings uh, back after the bye week. I mean, Dak Prescott played arguably the best game of his career. Uh, he felt comfortable in the pocket, a lot of which came from his offensive line, finally getting guys back like Tyler Biotish. Uh, so we had a lot of time to throw the ball. He had a lot of time to make decisions. And we even said going into this game that in order for the Cowboys to be successful in the postseason, Dak Prescott is going to have to play his best ball. Uh, and he not he did not disappoint I think the tight end involvement was phenomenal. That's something Kellen Moore has really preached this season is keeping the tight ends involved. He's got four very capable guys who can step in and make plays. And you saw Dalton Schultz score twice as well. Uh, Michael Gallup getting back into the rotation. We haven't really seen him be involved lately, but Mike McCarthy told us that ball distribution was going to be huge in the postseason. And you saw that on Monday. And then I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about how well the defense performed. This is a defense that has really carried this team this season. They've been banged up over the last five or so weeks. So you finally saw them get back to what they do best. They disrupted Tom Brady. They made him uncomfortable. They forced him to throw the ball 66 times. 
because the run game simply could not get going. And so I think aside from Brett Maher having a couple of slip ups in that one, I think this was a pretty perfect game from the Dallas Cowboys. Nice. Lindsay, looking in at San Francisco's side, what went well against the Seahawks and how can they carry that over now against the Cowboys on Sunday? Yeah, just kind of want to echo exactly what Haley said. Uh, (laughs) A lot of the things the 49ers have been doing so well this season continue to roll straight into the playoffs. I want to highlight, of course, rookie QB Brock Purdy. Oddly enough, this was not his best statistical game, despite getting 131.5 passer rating and throwing three touchdown passes and rushing in a touchdown of his own. This actually wasn't his best game, but I think what doesn't end up on the stat sheet is his ability to extend plays and also to just have a lot of patience in the pocket in order to make things happen. Uh, We saw some off-schedule touchdowns, one to Elijah Mitchell and then one to Christian McCaffrey. Just great throws that were happening that either – turned into scores or set up some touchdowns. Um, And I think that's the stuff that obviously doesn't make it to the stat sheet. Then we saw Charles Amenehu have a really big game on the defensive side of the ball, had two sacks and one that ended up being a strip sack, forced fumble that set up a score. And then, of course, we had playoff Debo kick into full gear. um, And we heard him speak in the locker room. And he says he leaves it all out on the field every game, but there is something special to play off Debo. And I think you can you can see it by his performance. Six uh, catches for 133 yards and a very, very long 74-yard touchdown. So I think we're just seeing the 49ers continue kick things into full gear. And there's a lot of consistency on this team, so you hope that it rolls over into Sunday. Yeah, Sunday is guaranteed to be a good matchup. But looking back, I think this game lives rent-free in all of our heads. But the last (laughs) time the Cowboys and 49ers faced off was in that 2021 wildcard game. It was a nail-biter. Every fan was on the edge of their seats. Haley, starting with you, how have the Cowboys changed since that meeting? Well, I think they've changed a lot. I think they're obviously a much better team. They're a, they're much more mature, I think, than they were in that game. I, it was hard as someone who has rooted for this team my whole life and as someone who now covers them. You can tell how much that game has impacted them. Um, the word for this team all season has been resilience, and that word stems from that 49ers game last season. Mike McCarthy went into the offseason and he said, what is a way that we can encompass this feeling and use it and be able to keep that as our motivating factor going through the season? And they called it resilience. And all of the guys will tell you that while this game isn't necessarily a revenge game or they're not approaching this as, you know, like they need to get back at the 49ers per se, it's a game that has motivated them throughout the season. I mean, you've heard them talk about the feeling after that game last season and how it's kind of impacted their preparation. It's impacted how they approach the game mentally as well. So I think just from that aspect, they're a much more mature team and they're a brotherhood. And I know that sounds like so cliche to say in sports, but the way that these guys interact with one another on the sidelines, uh, you saw CD lamb picking up Brett Maher after his performance on Monday, Uh, the way that they interact in the locker room and they're so loud and so boisterous and they hang out outside of this. I know the offensive linemen uh, 
have like Thursday night dinners for team bonding. And so just the way they kind of rally around each other, it feels different. And I don't have any other word to describe it other than it feels different. But also this is a team that plays with a chip on their shoulder. And this organization always has, right? We know the history that the Cowboys have and the fan base holds this team to a very high standard. That being said, it's been really interesting just to see how while they do want to be the team that is the difference maker, they're not counting the team's past as, you know, their responsibility to change, if that makes sense. They want to change it because they know they're good enough to change it versus they feel an obligation to, if that makes sense. So it's just a really mature team. You've got a lot of rookies who have really stepped up and made a difference. This is a young team that is feisty. They are motivated by being the underdogs a lot of time. And so I just think that that maturity and that development over the last 18 or so weeks has really shown this late in the season. On the 49ers side, uh, it's a, you know, a lot of the pieces in terms of personnel are a little bit different. Obviously, a new quarterback in place um, with two of the starting quarterbacks this season going down with injury. Um, And then a lot of the key playmakers actually are the same. I got to talk to left tackle Trent Williams yesterday who mentioned that this game is absolutely a reference point for the 49ers as they head into Sunday and they've looked at tape on it. Um, And it was a tight and competitive game, and that is exactly what they are expecting from the Dallas Cowboys come Sunday. Uh, And I think obviously they look at this game a little bit differently because it was a stepping stone on the way to the NFC Championship run last season. Uh, But they do want to repeat some aspects of the performance one of them being allowing zero sacks uh, to Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys defensive line. They want to protect their quarterback the same way that they did last season. Obviously, the outcome was super favorable for the 49ers, um, and they just want to continue to roll in this. Obviously, a different team that's had a little bit more success offensively, so hoping to see a repeat defensive performance, uh, maybe even – tighten that up a little bit and hoping to score a few more points on Sunday. But uh, it's obviously going to be a challenge. We know that. Let's fast forward. And to close up this episode, I want to know which matchup you guys have your eyes on. Haley, what what matchup is it for you? Oh, man, Uh, you put me on the spot here. I am really uh, kind of looking forward to see if Micah Parsons can kind of continue his domination the way he did. Uh, with Tom Brady last week. He had 10 pressures on the quarterback, forcing Tom Brady two of 10 on those attempts. So uh, I love to see Micah Parsons kind of get in the face of Brock Purdy. I have been so impressed with Brock's ability just to kind of step in and block out the haters uh, and really perform well and continue the trend that this 49ers offense uh, we're kind of used to seeing, right? So I'm really looking forward to seeing Micah kind of do what Micah does best and that's whatever he wants a lot of times uh, and just kind of seeing how he can impact Brock Purdy. But I'm also looking at, you know, how Dak Prescott performs against this 49ers secondary. Uh, we've seen CeeDee Lamb really evolve over the last couple of weeks. He's really become that solidified wide receiver one that we were kind of expecting him to be early on. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing Dak and how he can, you know, 
connect with his wide receivers and see how the downfield, the big playability uh, can kind of be showcased in this one. All right, Lindsay, what are you excited to watch come Sunday's game? There are so many good matchups in this one. It's hard to pick. pick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, like I said, this is going to be an absolute battle on Sunday, but I am very curious uh, and excited to see Charvarius Ward take on very likely being C.D. Lamb, um, you know, our number one cornerback against the Cowboys, number one receiver. Uh, I do know Charvarius Ward did have a couple struggles in last uh, Seahawks game, and I'm just very eager to see his bounce back. He's been tasked with a very, very difficult job of trailing a lot of the top receivers in the league from week to week. Um, And he's done a really good job. Obviously, DK Metcalf, a very, very talented wideout. So he was going to make his plays. But excited to see how Charvarius Ward comes into Sunday and uh, hopefully has a lot of really good pass breakups. Great. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining me throughout the week and Haley for being our special guest on today's episode. Thank you. Thank you. Go Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay and I will say go Niners, but Make sure to tune into the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast every week for exclusive one-on-one interviews on all podcast platforms. Kickoff for Sunday's divisional matchup against the Dallas Cowboys is at 3.30 p.m. Pacific time at Levi's Stadium, and you can catch the game on Fox. For more information on the latest team updates, check out the news on 49ers.com. Don't forget to follow First and 10 on Spotify. That's it for today, and you can hear from us again for a game recap on Monday morning. Thanks for tuning in.